You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Podcast, uh, what is this? Tech Fan Podcast uh, 411? I guess that's it. <laughs> I'm Tim Robertson. Wait, yeah, wait to um, really gauge your motivated right there, Tim. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, David, the funny thing is, we just had this Apple event uh, a couple days ago now. And it was just, what, two episodes ago that I was talking about I'm excited for uh, this Apple event, this new iPhone, potentially called a Pro or 11. We weren't sure yet. Uh, I I was looking forward to it. Remember? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and like the, I said, this is the first one I've been excited about in a long time. And? Eh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what changed in two weeks. I just... So... I didn't so actually the watch the keynote. I will let me right. preface that by saying I did not watch the keynote. I just read everything afterwards. You see, if you'd watched the keynote, you'd probably feel even worse. That bad, huh? I, I watched the keynote live. Alexander said to me this year because of because we're in the UK and it's on the West Coast. Um, it's quite late. Eight hours time. Eight, eight hours time difference yeah. means it's six p.m. in the evening for us. So. Basically, Leanne and Charlotte decided to go out somewhere, and Alexander sat and I sat down and watched the keynote on the TV, on the Apple TV. Funnily enough, couldn't get it working through Apple's system. We had to um, watch it on YouTube. Shocker. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not going to ding Apple too much about that. It could well have been our network connection. But, well, yeah, it's, we it's you know, it's not that, yeah. to be fair to Apple, it's not like they own their own services or anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're used to syncing things to um, multiple devices. I'll tell you what, it doesn't doesn't bode well for Apple. Apple yeah, I was going to say, plus. it's not like they have their own TV <laughs> service where they broadcast over the internet or anything. <laughs> um, so we watched it live. And I think the problem with these events now is that Apple is following a formula that is starting to come across as increasingly stale. Starting? Well, it's, it's definitely coming across as increasingly stale. The problem is that they're following the, the Steve Jobs. Exactly. And Steve Jobs <laughs> isn't there, people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and the, the other people they have doing these keynotes, a lot of them come across as massively over-rehearsed and reading off a script. Wait for applause <laughs> in a parenthesis. Yeah, wait for applause, which often doesn't come, yeah. which is quite becoming quite cringeworthy. Yeah, now. you're like, oh. There's an awful lot of that this year. Um, an awful lot of uh, pause, particularly in Phil Schiller's segment, where he was obviously waiting for people to burst into applause. And I've heard that they see the audience with Apple retail employees who are told to whoop and holler. Um, and I guess those guys are getting fired this year because there was less of that than normal. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the problem is it's, uh, quite, it's, it's the little things. It's the fact that they've got a huge stage there. And what they frequently do, even Alexander was making jokes about it by the end, it was like, well, here's a video we made. Right. And then what will happen is the person who says that, who's in the bang middle of the stage, will troop off, which takes around five, ten seconds because the stage is so large. Yeah, and then the lights will dim, and then they'll show the video, and then the lights come up and the guy comes out again. It wasn't that great. And it's just like... The whole thing needs to be slicker, and and no, I, I agree. I disagree. It needs to be, pro it, it needs to be produced. Mm -mm. It, it's now overproduced. It needs to be produced less, yes. and it comes across as slicker. Genuine, and that's the problem. It's, yeah, it's just it's just not. And it and it at times it was actually painful to watch. The games demo was appalling, absolutely appalling, because they got oh you know his. Here's Capcom, here's Konami, here's somebody from whoever, yeah? And this guy shoots <laughs> out. And then, unannounced and unmentioned, it's like the guy wasn't there, was somebody who's supposed to be actually playing the game. I'm pretty sure they weren't. I'm pretty sure it was a canned demo, yeah? So that made it look even worse, because this person, not, not mentioned at all, it's just stood at the side, kind of fumbling on an iPad. Yeah, I brought, a, I brought my minion with me. Exactly, yeah, who's not worthy of being named, no. because all he does is play games. I mean, it's not like people who play games are actually worth, worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then and the, the problem is with, if you've ever described a game you love to somebody, it's, oh, it's well, boring. I did this and I did that, and the person goes, 
Yeah, I love I loved I loved when I got back into video gaming because of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. But if I describe it, well, I was driving my car listening to music in the game in the sunset. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, and then I got out, and then I jumped on another car, and I made it stop, and then I pulled the guy from inside out, and I got in the car. You know, and then and I went into this mall, and there's like 12 people in the whole mall. <laughs> and you can't actually go into any of the stores. It's clearly that, just but a, at, yeah. at least. At least a GTA description is something people can relate to. What these people on stage were talking about was was what's going on in the game world. And if you're not playing the game, and let's face it, a lot of games don't have the world's most credible story anyway. Well, uh, it just yeah. sounds like garbage. Yeah. You know, there was this this game. Hey, I mean, it looked pretty cool. I couldn't really understand what was going on. The the aesthetic for me is not is not my kind of thing. It's called Sayonara something, and it has this girl on a pink thing and she's swiping swords and she's running through environments and there's a motorcycle and everything like that. I mean, it, it looked kind of cool, but the thing is the guy was describing it like, well, now she's going to do this and the enemy's, the enemy's not going to want her to do that. So they're going to take this move and that move. And it just sounded awful. Yeah. And it, it came across worse. And the, the weird thing is a couple of days ago, Apple released a hundred second video, which was brilliant. Arcade. Which was really much better than oh. what I saw on the stage. Oh, I got to imagine because I yeah. watched that. In fact, I watched that this morning and I went, oh, I'm totally getting Apple Arcade. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and the problem is it undercuts actually what I think is quite a good proposition with Apple Arcade. It's $5 a month when you're waiting for prices from Apple. You kind of hope for a price and then they often double the price you, you think you're hoping for. So I think we were all kind of wondering whether they would go for a $10 a month price. In fact, they stuck with a $5 and they've made it family. There's no upgrade for family subscription, which I think is a really smart move. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. And yet they are kind of undercut it with these really rubbishy demos. I wonder, uh, quite honestly, remember... The height of the Apple keynote happened at Macworld Expos, where it wasn't an event just based around Apple. It was the entire ecosystem. There were actual people in the audience that weren't press or invitees only. It was people like you well, and I. Well, we were yeah, press, were, but still, it yeah. was us. It was enthusiasts. They were, they were, yeah, they were genuine customers who were predisposed to like the product. And that gave the whole thing a much fresher atmosphere than what you get at these things at the um, in Cupertino. And, and you would go out to the showroom, and right? And then people at home would, for the next week, would see photos and videos from the showroom floor or the um, the showroom. What do you call it? Not the showroom, the expo floor. Yeah. You know, looking at all not just the Apple stuff, but all this other stuff, and it made the ecosystem just seem huge and vibrant and this is the opposite of that it's the here's a keynote and then you get a few key videos of people you don't even know from the verge and stuff like that with their little hands-on video that lasts a, uh, one minute and they don't really well, show yeah. you anything because apparently those that um, demo area now is particularly with the amount of people shooting video is just such a bun fight Right. That it's it's nobody can get any depth or ask any questions or really understand what's going on. Um, and it becomes uh, really, I mean, Apple might as well just put their own videos out. And or, than, or if you see anything that's worthwhile, it's done by someone like MSNBC. So your grandfather gets to see the interview with Tim Cook. But the actual customers, the demographic that Apple's shooting for, yeah. never, ever sees that stuff because they're stupid and they do they can they do the interviews with. Places like that where we're not watching that. Nobody is. Oh, I just I, I got to tune in at eleven twenty three uh, Thursday morning to see a, uh, an interview with Phil Schiller on MSNBC. Nobody has ever said that in their life. Yeah, and I don't understand it. They do a WWDC every year. They do um, an interview with John Gruber. He does a live version of his podcast. And the last few years, he's been able to get real, you know, top top Apple executives to come along and talk about that. I don't understand why they don't do something similar for every event they do. Well, they don't have to do it individually. They could get, they could pick The Verge and two or three other sites and podcasts and what have you, get them all in a, in a room, yeah, and just do like a 20-minute Q&A with a couple of Apple executives. It would add so much value. I just get tired. to this kind of very stale format they keep using, and, yep. it, and it's, it's just... 
every time you see it, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah, that's the and thing. It's I, getting I, I worse. Yeah, I don't want to ding the people who do it. I think they tried very hard. I think it's just the structure and the type of messaging that comes across. It's just not very engaging. Now, maybe Apple doesn't care because maybe as far as they're concerned, as long as they get the message out to the press, they don't give a damn whether people think the events are any good or not. I don't know. But um, it's, it's yeah, I put it this way. After watching watching this one live, the first one I watched live for a couple of years, um, I'm not going to be rushing to watch another one. No, I gave up on it, it them a while ago. Yeah. It's the same it thing. Was, uh, it, yeah. Every single one of them is exactly. I could take clips from each one and put them together, and you would not know if that was the same keynote or not. Yeah, and it's and it, the problem is it's doing a disservice to the products. That's the, the problem, because let's take the Apple Arcade thing. The best thing about Apple Arcade is something that Apple will never talk about, which is that no ads, no in-game purchases, um, no per app payment. It's just a subscription and you get a great gaming experience. Apple won't talk about that because then they would be crapping on their main app store experience, which is full of that garbage. Yeah. The whole reason they're doing Apple Arcade is to get away from that, but they won't come out and publicly say it. And that's the best thing because, let's face it, 100 games... God knows how many of them are going to be any good, but it won't certainly won't be all of them. No, you're going to. So, I figure yeah. actual good games. There'll be seven. Yeah, but that's worth and, five and, bucks. Yeah, that's fine. But the problem is, is that is that you don't know which seven those are, so you can't demo them. The ones they demoed were very flashy, but you know what? They were all kind of under unoriginal. It was Frogger, an update to Frogger, which basically looked like they'd ripped off Crossy Road with better graphics. And then there was this Sayonara thing. Which, which actually, was, hold on right there for a second, though. That That's kind of a good thing because Crossy Road just ripped off Frogger, so what goes around comes around. <laughs> yeah, I know, but... but it's you know, an endless really Frogger. Moving, yeah, we're not Frogger. really moving forward. Then there's a Sayonara thing, which kind of looked cool, but I didn't really understand what was going on. And then there was this terrible rip-off of Skyrim that... Um, that I think it was like that was the Capcom one, maybe. Um, and yeah, it was just I, I said to Alexandra, I said Skyrim rank Skyrim rank Apple, and they want their uh, their IP back. Yeah, because basically it's a copy of Skyrim, and it it looks fantastic. But the problem is, showing fabulous graphics on an iPad or iPhone is is it's no shocker nowadays. We know that they can do good graphics, and no matter how good the graphics are, they're never going to be as good as what you get on an X, Xbox One or a PS4. So kind of flat show, you know going off on the graphics is, is it doesn't impress anymore no it doesn't yeah so i you know apple apple arcade i think is a great service that was deeply underserved by this keynote well and that's the thing they try to cram too much uh, without knowing what really people are going to be excited about now obviously uh, starting at well, i didn't see it but you know the the iphone this is the iphone event so that's going to well, take hang, hang on before we get into that let's just met, briefly mention the other service they announced what? which is apple tv plus yeah well i was going to get there actually uh, okay all right well let's do the iphone first and we'll come to apple tv so plus the apple event obviously and it, it this is the iphone and this is the big dog for apple so apple iphone 11 pro is that the official name that is the official name for the higher-end ones that replace the XS. So, I'm sorry, the 10S. Yeah. So yeah. I don't mind the name change. The The term Pro really doesn't... It, it's still a phone. I don't know how one's a, well, here's a consumer so phone and a Pro phone. It's, so Schiller came out and he said... And this is after they'd already announced the iPhone 11. So we'd already seen you know, a lot of the improvements in terms of the internals. They'd already gone through all of that so when he came out to do the pro he said yeah well you know we wanted to do a phone we think we think we want a phone you you to get a pro phone so you can really get your work done and have some fun at the same time and <laughs> it was a really muddled message because it was because when he said a phone to get some work done i i mean i was thinking what you know your phone there's nothing you can do on a on a pro that you can't do on a regular iPhone. Right, it's stupid. Except for, except for taking pictures. What they should have done is saying, you know what, the iPhone 11 has a fabulous camera system, but you know what, if you really want to take pro photos, then you need the 11 Pro. Right. That would have been a stronger message. Yeah, that would have worked. Everyone kind of knows what a prosumer camera is. That would have absolutely played off. The, the diff I think the reason they didn't do that is because so many of the 
improved camera features in both of these phones come from the computational photography, and both of them can do them, the 11 and the Pros. So, you know, it, it would be a fake differentiation, but I think it would have been better than kind of what they did. I kind you know, of but, get it, but I mean, because they did this with the Mac line. They had, you know, the MacBook and the MacBook Pro, the iMac and the Mac Pro. I mean, I get it. It, it makes sense, especially with their naming nomenclature, but I, it's a phone. Yeah. And and the problem is, is we all know that in the MacBook line, Pro just basically means the better one. Right. Yeah. And the difficulty they've got now is that uh, in the iPhone, Pro just means the better one. In the iPad, Pro just means the better one. They all fundamentally work the same way, slightly faster or slower, but they've all kind of, particularly nowadays with the iPad line, they've all got broadly the same features. But the elephant in the room is the Mac Pro, which it really is a pro computer, a kind of a narrowly focused particular type of pro computer. And it's kind of, it's messing up the name pro for them. I, I think, you know, well, who cares? They'll, they'll probably not worry about it. But um, the, the worst thing about Pro is we have the uh, iPhone 11 Pro Max. Well, they're trying to... <laughs> I, I, I see what they did here, naming. Um, I don't usually like to, to break big news, but next year it's going to be the iPhone 12 cheap and the iPhone 12 expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the new naming clue. No, I, I don't think it would be cheap and expensive. I think cheap and fancy would work a lot better. Yeah, cheap and fancy, yeah. Cheap and fancy, yeah. Anyway... Um, in terms of these devices, I mean, the, the 11 is basically the 10R with a better camera in it uh, and a faster processor. And there's nothing wrong with that. Apparently, the 10R was a gangbuster seller for them last year. I know a um, lot of people who got those. Yeah. Well, the um, price point yeah. was just so much better. Yeah. And and now the price point is even better because the this the 11 which has replaced the 10R is is $50 cheaper than the uh than the uh, 10R was last year and you know what if you, if you think the 10R is good enough for you it's still available at at less money and that's a hell of a value i don't know i i they need to stop having so many different phones i i, I would really like to see them kind of narrow that down um but I think it kind of goes to the point that I was really excited until it came out. And then it's just like, wah, I don't care. I looked at it and I thought, yeah, it's going to take great photos. Look at the, it looks kind of stupid with now three things on the back. But Did you hear the thing that apparently there's a, a phobia of holes that people have? Really? You heard this? No. Yeah, it's called something called like tryptophobia. And it's a, a, a fear of holes kind of grouped together. It makes people who suffer from this phobia feel uncomfortable and apparently the marketing images they're using for the iPhone with that kind of camera cluster at the back is triggering these people really hard hmm I think when you yeah, turn it on your side it looks like it's going whoo <laughs> oh I don't know it doesn't I think it's ugly to be honest well you know look what are you going to do do you want it to look ugly and it take better photos or do you want it to look fantastic? We've we've dinged Apple so much for form over function, um, and we did a whole podcast on it when Johnny Ive left. So, you know, as long as it takes better photos, then I think we've got to let them be a bit ugly. But yes and no. I mean, we haven't had any different form. That that was my point with Johnny Ives. You know, his, his whole design philosophy was just make it smaller and smaller and smaller, and they all kind of look the same. I mean, well, yeah, but we've talked about this. There's only so much you can do with a slab of black glass. Oh, I've heard the same argument before the iPhone came out. Well, there's only so much you could do with the phone. There's a lot more things that can be done a lot more, but Apple is content to just ride this until forever. Well, it's their primary, uh, it's their primary um, cash flow. So I will say though I think, that here, I think they're naturally conservative. Here, here's the problem with this phone, though, the Pro. When I lay it on my sink counter, I, I get confused which one's my shaver with the three heads and then this. So, well, the Pro doesn't have that problem because the Pro has, doesn't the Pro have four holes on the back? Uh, no, well, it's got five really if you count the flash thingy. Yeah. I don't know. It's I, I, I wanted to get really excited when they brought this out. I really, really did. 
And then it came out, and I a lot of people reached out to me. A couple of people at work, they're like, ooh, did you see the new iPhone? Ooh, I can't wait. And then I went and right out of the hall, and I went, meh, I think I'm going to stick with mine for a while. Unless I have something that goes drastically wrong with mine, I didn't see any compelling reason. It's faster. Well, it's not like my well, phone is slow. Yeah. Again, well, the, look, the, the last ones were already faster than everybody else, and of course they're going to get faster every year. It's what they do with them. And the difficulty... I think that Apple has, again, it goes back to what we were just saying about the gaming, is with these um, with these uh, keynotes, if the, the real selling point is that the cameras are better, and effectively this is kind of, you know, it's beyond a good point-and-shoot camera, then they need to be emphasizing that above all else. Now, they did a lot on the photography, but the problem is they talk very technically about the photography, um, and nobody, and there's, a couple yeah, of, yeah. there's a couple of times where they showed photographs and they said, well, this is amazing. But they, what they didn't do is take their old phone or take a competitor's phone and shoot the same scene and say, and look, this is how much worse it looks on something else, which I think they need to do. Yep. They want to say that they're the best. I, I, again, it comes back to this traditional view. Apple doesn't often like to ding its competitors no. in the keynotes. I think they should. I think they should be more aggressive. I think they should say, well, look, this is, the, this is how we are different than everyone else in the industry. And this is the advantages we have that other people don't have. And instead, what they do is they go, well, this is what's better than it was last year. And this is what's better than it was last year. And this is what's better than it was last year. And this is the best one we've ever done. And all of those things are fine, but we hear that same message year after year. And it doesn't really come across. And that the, the potential issue for you and me is that maybe everything we're moaning about here doesn't matter at all. Well, you know? it obviously doesn't. It doesn't matter at all because well, they're still going to sell a ton of them. And, you know, in that case, why do the premium events at all? Because it gives. No, I could tell you why. Ego. Well, maybe. Well, that's exactly what it is. Apple, Apple as an institution has a giant ego. Giant. And that comes from Steve Jobs. Um, and Steve Cook doesn't. <laughs> Steve Cook. <laughs> Steve Cook. Um, yeah. But seriously, they have a giant ego. And they know when they have one of these events, everyone's going to talk about it. Everyone's going to talk about them. Everyone's going to hear about Tim Cook. Phil Schiller's name's going to get mentioned. It's all about ego. Because yeah. let's be honest, if they don't have this event, like you were just alluding to, is iPhone sales going to go down? No, of course not. In fact, I would suggest these events actually hurt some of the other products because if yep. they would have just released the Apple TV information in an Apple arcade a month ago, and then this month, iPhone 11, and then next month, the Apple watch and the month after that, the iPad, I think each one would have been a, a huge story for a couple of days. But this yeah. way, they dilute all of uh, dilute all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it hurts them. So why do they do it this way? Because they're not stupid. They understand that that's going to happen. Ego. That's why. It's yeah. ego. It. What else is there? Marketing. Well, it's, clearly that's it's bad marketing this way. Well, uh, yeah. I, I, I still go back to my first point. I think they need to bring some young, fresh, talented blood into the marketing organization and you know kind of upend it from top to bottom i think everything that apple does is so stuck in the way they've always done it um and i i, I agree with you i think it i think it does hurt their products yeah i, um, I agree you know what I, and i think they need to recognize that these improvements year by year are incremental and so to come out and try and announce them like they're the next big thing, yeah, yeah, it it just doesn't work. I think that's that's the fundamental problem with them is that is that, that I think they've made huge strides here. They definitely are making the best cameras in the industry. Sure, they are making the best iPhone, the best phone processors in the industry. Yeah, their industrial design is good. They're, and and you know what? They they don't also they, because they're so afraid of calling out the mistakes of the past. They don't emphasize the things that actually are important. The big important things to me are these phones are cheaper than they were last year. Yep. I think given what's going on with the China trade war at the moment, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think they should be saying, you know what? We love these products so much. We want to get them in as many people's hands as possible. We made them cheaper. 
Yep. Yeah, we. They, I think they should be saying, we know people are worried about the fact that we manufacture so much in China, but despite that, we made them cheaper. Yeah, we're making yeah? less money than we could, than a lot yeah. of people would think that we're going to. We're going to make exactly. them cheaper. Yep. Yeah, something else they did. These phones are actually slightly thicker than the ones last year, and they have all of them increased battery lives. That's particularly important on the ones replacing the 10s. Yes. Because the 10s had... Not did not have class-leading battery life. The 10R did, and they've made that even larger. And then the 10S, this the replacement 10S, they've added four freaking hours right. to the battery life. That's amazing. And see, and nobody is that talking about not, that online yeah. because it's that part of it, that data point is lost. Because yeah. if you're writing a story about the Apple event, you can't cover everything. you still got to talk about the new iPad and the Apple TV and all that stuff. So something that's potentially game-changing for a current iPhone user like me, hey, Tim, you're going to get four more hours of battery life in, in a phone, roughly the same size as what you're using now. Are you interested? Oh, by the way, it's got a much better camera in it now as well. Oh, yeah. And by the way, $50 less than last year. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no. where's that message? Exactly. So you that's got me. Exactly. you got me more excited about the iPhone than anything I read online right there. You know when I said about new blood in Apple marketing? Mm-hmm. I'm, your, I'm your man, baby. I, I'm voting for David. <laughs> so maybe the yeah. maybe the maybe what Apple should start to do, and it's not in their DNA because of the ego thing that I mentioned already, but maybe what they should do is, I don't know, one event every couple of years, but only when you have some groundbreaking thing, a one more thing to kind of yeah. talk about. You don't have to do two of these every year. You, do, you yeah, just well, don't. Well, it's, it's, it's three to four, really. They, they often have, they, they update the iPod. At the moment, they're updating the iPad Pros in March or April. Then they have WDC in June when they talk about the software. And then they have this one in September. And then they often have a follow-on event in October, which they're probably going to do this year. No, that would have been the gonna, iPad. Well, we're, they, they're going to probably look at the Pro again, and that, and I think we are waiting for this new MacBook, this 16-inch MacBook. Yeah, I, so they need to yeah, stop. And then there's, then there's the stuff that was perhaps missed that might be more interesting this year, the tile thing, you know, this key, this key fob replacement thing. Now, I have one of these, and they're great, but, you know, they're kind of limited in what they do. The Apple one sounds amazing from what I've heard. The Apple one apparently uses kind of some sort of new technology so that you can use AR and it'll actually show you where it is in your house or give you arrows to where it is. I don't know what you're um, talking about. Right. Okay. So do you know the tile? Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. But I don't know anything thing? about yeah. the Apple thing. So I didn't read. Apple, Apple apparently have a, a similar thing. It's going to be smaller. It's some sort of disc and it uses some new ultra wideband communication technology to give devices in the area, not only um, GPS style locations, but direction to it and uh, distance to it based on radio so the idea and and this the the rumor is this will be combined combined with an ar display so if you've lost your keys you pick up your phone you say i've lost my keys you hold your phone up and it sees your environment using the ar kit uh, and then it draws an arrow on it showing where to go to find your keys. And as you get closer, you see one of those pinpoints that you get on Apple Maps actually floating in the display over the location where your keys actually are. That so they've, cool. fallen down your, they've fallen down your sofa, you push, pick up the cushion, and there they are. See, now right? that's Apparent- something that I would be very interested in. Yeah. But it's only going to be big if it works outside of just the Apple ecosystem. Well, it won't. I know, will, of course This will not. be Apple only. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, let's get to Apple TV. What well, they had a they announced a new iPad. It's one point well, two inch uh, and three twenty nine. Yeah. Now, now here's the thing. Again, this kind of you know nobody was expecting a new iPad. This has kind of had a mere response from a lot of people. And again, I don't get it. This is because of the way they presented it. This is three hundred twenty nine dollars. Yeah. They base apart from the Kindles, but the you know, the sub hundred dollar point. Apple owns the entire tablet space. And that's the problem, David. Yeah. People already own an iPad. They probably bought it within the last couple of years. It's blazingly fast, and it's suiting their needs. And so a new one, when you look at it and through that perspective, is going to be the replacement for when this one breaks. No one was holding off buying an iPad until the new one came out. Nobody. 
So now, well, now no, nobody was holding off because they didn't know a new one was coming out. Well, everybody now. knows a new one was coming out eventually. Well, I don't, I don't need, well, eventually, but nobody was expecting it at this event. But the point is, is that everyone's kind of gone, oh, well, it's got the same internals as the old one, but it's got a bigger screen, for God's, God's sake. Why is it at the same price point, which is also a, a, cheap, a massively cheap price point for an iPad? Right, and when you need a so new one because why, your current good they? one breaks, this is going to be out there. Well, also as well, I, I think I, I don't think people who have the old ones are going to go out and buy a new one because it, it exactly. The screen. But they've added value to the products anyway for people who don't have one. It's a slightly bigger screen for a little bit less money. There's there's not a value add with, that I'm looking at it making me want to get this. No, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm talking about how they sell it, how they sold it in the. They kind of said, well, here's a new one, and it's got this, and it's got this, and it's got this. What they should have been saying is, so here we go. He, exactly what they did with the uh, back in the day with the iPod, uh, with the iPod Mini and then the iPod Nano. They, went, they should have gone, so here we have the sixth-generation iPad. It's the cheapest one we've ever made. It's got 80% of the technology that all of our other iPads had. It even supports the pencil. Now, for the same price, we've improved it by we've given you... Uh, a bigger screen that's nearly as big as the next one up. We've given you keyboard support, um, you know, and we've kept the price the same. That's the message they should have said. That didn't come across in what they talked about in right. the keynote. Yeah, and again, you know, it's because again, it's it overshadowed. Been, it, should, it should have been, you know what, we're Apple. We want you to have the best product possible. So we've massively improved this product, and we're eating the cost of the improvements. Yeah. So let's get to the Apple TV. Um, again, I, I didn't watch this keynote. The big thing for me is five bucks a month, and you and I had talked about this before, and we both said it could be a game changer if it's five bucks. But yeah. it's about the content. Uh, that's where Apple's going to have a problem. Netflix doesn't have a problem with content; they're making amazing content. From what we can see of Disney Plus, it looks like it's going to be amazing content. Well, well Disney Plus is it appears to be hitting out of the park because not only do they have a huge catalog of content uh, all the content that people want to see right now right but also the new stuff they're doing looks fantastic exactly as well. and yeah. then and then we have what's coming up from apple and i'm looking at the screenshot uh i'm actually on wired's website which i don't usually go to wired but when i said what did apple announce this week this is the first one that came up um i'm looking at the screenshot of you know the all the pictures from the shows and all that yeah i don't know any of these shows not well, one. They're, th- they're all brand new. Well, there's no, th- there's no existing content there at all. This is all new stuff. But that's my question. So, is Apple TV going to be just original content, or are they going to have movies? Right. So or they see? I, I, I don't know. I was list. I was listening very carefully to what Tim Cook said when he announced this, because this was a key point to me. Is 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 are they going to open up the iTunes Store and put some? Because this is what this is what Amazon does with Prime. Yeah. They have a huge content store, and a subset of it is available for free to Prime subscribers. Yeah, right. And that change that changes t- over time. So yeah. sometimes you can be watching a show, and then all of a sudden it disappears from Prime, and you've got to pay if you want to see the rest of it. That sucks, but by the same token, there's always new stuff coming in that you can watch for free. Now, I wondered if Apple was going to do the same sort of thing. Now, Tim Cook said, oh, an amazing catalogue of content. Yeah, but what is that? point. But it wasn't clear. It ain't Disney he, content, Tim. No, he implied you could have listened to what he said and assumed, well, as well as all these new shows they're doing, you'll be able to get some iTunes stuff as well. But you could easily also interpret to mean it's just this new stuff and that's all. And the problem it's is just, it's launching in a month and a half and we still don't know what kind of content is going to be other, other than the stuff that no one's ever heard of that Apple's producing. The morning yeah, show and, looks and, kind of interesting. I keep seeing Jason Moma's face with so eye they, makeup they, they, on. I don't know what that's about. They showed this. They showed a trailer for this. Um, this is kind of a Game of Thrones style Ugh, thing one. they're doing. It, well, it's it's this is different. The idea is called C, and the idea is is that in the future humanity has lost the ability to see. Yeah, because that's everyone is everyone is blind, and they have they have kind of this. Pseudo warrior tribal culture where everyone is blind, and then two babies are born, and they have eyesight. I don't know how if they have eyesight, 
and you're everyone else is blind. Anybody realizes they have eyesight, but there you go. I think um, the listeners t- uh, right now literally could have heard my eyes roll. It, it was that loud. Yeah, this I, I've got to be honest. The trailer for this did not look great. I haven't watched the trailer because I thought, yeah. okay, it's Jason Momoa. Well, He's got yeah, mascara was, on. I don't care. It's, it was it was the um, one of these things where they dutifully trooped off the stage and the lights dropped and we saw the trailer. Um, the trailer did not look particularly compelling to me. Um, I, I've, part of the problem is I'm really tired of seeing Jason Momoa play kind of the savage. Yeah, yeah. I I think the guy needs to go away um, for a while. A, he need, no, he needs to go and have a word with the rocks agent and say, "How do I break myself out of this rut?" Yeah, because that guy knows how to do it. Um, well, he's a funny guy. That's the thing. It, Put him in a it, comedy. Exactly. I, I, that's that's the po- exactly the point I'm making. He's got. He's clearly a better actor than he, than the roles he's accepting at the moment, and yet he keeps on doing these savage warrior Put, stuff. Put him in a in a car. And they have to go from New York to Los Angeles in five days, and it's him and Bill Burr. Go. I'm interested in that. Yeah. You know? I want to see that movie. This, yep. I have, I could care less. There's some Muppet things. I, I don't I don't know what the hell that is. I have no... I don't care. There's the a Snoopy. That- oh, Snoopy. Oh, great. Another Snoopy. <laughs> I've said for many years, and I, I, I got hate mail way back in the day for this, I think... The Peanuts is one of the most overrated, horrible shows of all time. It's well, absolutely as, atrocious. The only good thing as, about the Peanuts was that stupid theme. The cartoons that ran in the Schultz was a hack. He was a hack. He had about five good bits, and he repeated them ad nauseum forever. Oh, here's Lucy moving the uh, football again. Yeah, I, I've... As you and I both know of each other, we often have very similar tastes, and I don't disagree with much of what you've said about Ugh. Peanuts. I never, and and as somebody who started, yeah, Peanuts wasn't really big in the in the UK when do, I was a do, kid. Do, 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 but then do, I do, do. then I went to the to the states as a child and found out you know, that that Peanuts was a um, some sort of American cultural phenomenon or was treated as such, and I never got it either. And Look, since Schultz died, look what's happened to Peanuts. It's vanished. Yeah, Yeah. because no one cares. (laughs) Because, yeah, because it's, you know, it's like you say, it's kind of a, it's a one-tread Reno of the same ideas. Yeah. So, um, And the characters have no value at all. None. No. I think they should go R-rated in Peanuts, and I'm excited. Yeah, not only that, they're also completely anachronistic for today's age. Yeah, it's it's terrible. My kids kids could not care less about Snoopy. Kids are not like that anymore. No. You know, kids don't play outside and, you yeah. know, have all of that. And so anyway. so I want to be excited about Apple TV. I think the price point is perfect. I still don't know enough about it. Yeah. And that's a it, big problem. And again, it's because it's buried in a keynote that's focused really on hardware. That's what this is about. And well, here we that, are I, talking yeah. about a product that I'm excited about, but now I'm not because, well, okay, now it's five bucks a month. Is it worth five bucks a month for the few Apple only shows that I can see up there that none of Wait, them are capturing my attention? So, so I'll tell you, I think I think this is part of the problem with Apple TV Plus's approach is that they've recruited these, um, you know, these these big stars in many cases for these shows. Mm-hmm. But the problem is getting a throwing a bunch of money at a big at a big star and a big production company to do a big splashy. You know, great-looking show and all that sort of thing is one thing. It, but getting it doesn't those work. Peop- well, getting those people to then hit the promotion circuit to drum up interest for all of these shows in one go is virtually impossible, which I think is why we are not hearing much about Apple TV Plus at the moment. Right. And really what they need to be doing is saturating all the media shows, all the talk shows. They, it should be wall-to-wall about Apple TV Plus. Great content, great show. This is the best show I've ever done. This right. is Here, so here's exciting the and all of that, you know. This is, this is the problem. And this is where Netflix got it right. Um, I, it's remained to be seen about Disney. Um, but nobody else has figured it out yet. It's not about the big stars. And it never has been. No. Here's the problem with Apple. They went out to the big stars and they threw a whole bunch of money and they said, create content for them. Instead of saying, hey, our doors are open, creators out there, big, small, we don't care, give us your pitch. Tell us what your show's about. Get us excited. Because guess what? We would not have Stranger Things if it wasn't for 
that approach. We would not have Glow, which you've probably never seen, but... I have seen Glow, yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah, exactly. No big stars. No big production places behind. There's no Steven Spielberg back there or Oprah Winfrey. So stop going to these old hacks that just kind of repeat themselves ad nauseum. Steven Spielberg hasn't made anything great in 20 years. I hate to say that, but he hasn't. I mean, remember when he rebooted Indiana Jones? Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. He took a beloved book, um, Ready Player One, and made it worse with this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what, Oprah Winfrey, really? It's 2019. Who cares about Oprah Winfrey anymore? Nobody. And then the whole thing with Oprah, there's a picture of her looking off into the distance with a big smile. I got another big paycheck. So so Apple's whole thing is we're just going to throw money out there to the big stars and the big producers to make content for us is the worst thing you could do. It's the worst. Open your doors to creativity, to the little known people that are just waiting for a break that has a great idea, that has a unique take on something, and let them make their show. And guess what? That's when you'll get a Game of Thrones. That's when you're well, going to get these yeah. type of shows. I think, I think. I mean, hopefully that's the uh, approach they will take over time. I think they wanted to launch out the gate with a whole load of big stars. Um I, I, I kind but of that never works as, with anybody. I, I Name well, one place I, that that's worked you know with. What? They're gambling. I think what they're doing is they've they've invested a lot of money in in fifteen, twenty new shows. I, I, and I disagree. You know what it hoping, is? I, they're hoping something's going to catch. I get it. Th yeah. That's not what happened here. This is a rich white people, but for the most part, ecosystem that Hollywood and Silicon Valley are very tied. They're all buddy buddies. They're all friends. Apple in Hollywood has been a thing forever. Apple's going to do it. They went to their buddies. This is all this is. It's 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 horrible. I'm not interested. I'm I'm less interested than when we first started talking about Apple TV than I am now. We'll see. I mean, I mean, they it, only it's need got, to it's, have. It's all the content. Yeah, but they only need to have one big hit. I don't think then, so. And then, well, I don't know, people. People, first of all, they. I mean, they're they're making it very available. It's four ninety nine a month. That's, that's the only on, thing that's that's yeah. still captures my attention. The price there, point. That's that's on all your devices. So again, that's a family plan. And um, you also anybody who buys a new Apple device will get it free for a year. Yeah, that's so, that's the secret sauce right there. Now that's yeah. the one thing that they did that's smart. That's that's very intelligent. That's what Amazon should pay attention to. Hey, if you buy a Kindle Fire, you get Amazon Prime for for a year for free. That's the kind of thing. They don't need to do that. I mean, it's the opposite. But um, <clears throat> that's the secret sauce for Apple. You buy an Apple product, you get Apple TV and Apple Arcade for free for a year. That would be a killer right there. You buy an yeah. iPhone or an iPad, you get Apple Arcade for free for a year. Yeah. That would be a killer. The other thing is if they have one big hit, um, you know, I think things like CBS All Access do this. They've got the Star Trek Discovery that's very popular. I know a lot of people sign up for that, pay for two or three months. And then so they cancel this it. Season that's and exactly right. It. That's what happened yeah, we, with YouTube TV. Everybody signed up yeah. to watch Cobra Kai, the, you know, the series based on yeah. the Karate Kid. They watched all the episodes, and then they unsubscribed until the next season comes out. So, so yeah, that's not sustainable. No, I know it's not the same, but you keep investing in the content, and eventually you'll build something that's more like Netflix. I, the only thing I would say is I think Apple is in the TV thing for a long game. Um, I hope and, so, because that's the only way this is going to be successful. Yeah. Are you not interested in this For All Mankind, the the, the alternate history? It's a bit like uh, The Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime, only it postulates that the US, that the Russians got to uh, the moon first rather than the Americans. No, because I don't know anything about it because Apple has done a piss-poor job of advertising the show. Well, I, I, I go back to what I was saying before. I think they should be saturating at this point everything, all of the traditional media, so, trying to build up buzz for, the, for this service. So don't you think then... I don't understand. Yeah, so don't you think that Apple Arcade and Apple TV and even the new iPad to a lesser extent... Oh, no, actually, to the same extent. So far has been kind of a failure, even before they've launched, because of the failure of marketing. They don't know how to market these products now. Uh, I'd agree with that, yeah. Apple hasn't done anything innovative in marketing in 25 years. They just haven't. 
they they haven't they're, they're using the same old tried and true advertising agencies that have no originality at all. I mean, the Apple commercials that you see, if you ever see one, I can't remember the last time I saw an Apple commercial, are all the same. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least with the Think Different campaign and I'm a Mac, I'm a PC, those were brilliant campaigns. And yet, here we are, Apple has all the money in the world, and they don't even know how to advertise their products. They ha- they got what could potentially be game changers with the Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade, and nobody knows anything about it. I can so, guarantee you, Julie doesn't know anything about these two products. Yeah. So here's the, here's the question then. People are constantly saying, oh, they need to replace the CEO. Is that actually the problem, that they need to replace Phil Schiller? No, I think they need to replace Tim Cook. Yeah? Yeah. I think Tim Cook's um, has always been a logistics guy. You know, he knows he knows how to move products from A to B to C into the customer's hand. That's That was his strong suit. Um, when it comes to building excitement and, and leading this company... It's hard to it's hard to say that because they're making all the money in the world, but I I just don't think he's doing a, a great job to be honest. He doesn't excite me at all. But is well, that fair? Because you know you look at some of these other big companies. Well, who's the president of GM? I have no idea. Yeah, and and you look at I'm going to pull another example here. Look at Nintendo. Right. Right. Nobody knows who the guy who runs Nintendo is, the right. chief exec. But we know who Shigeru Miyamoto is. Right, the designer. We know who, yeah. And, and so I don't, the point I'm trying to make is sometimes it's good to have a steady hand at the helm, yeah. But what you have then need to have is you have, need to have somebody else on the executive team who's like the, the rock star, who's the. Right, and Tim Cook keeps putting himself to. front and center when he does yeah. interviews and, and makes statements about, you know, gay rights and stuff like that, which, hey, I, that's fine in my book i i applaud him for it but yeah you're if you're gonna do that you better be dynamic you better but he's not he's boring he's not and and that's that's the point i'm trying to make is maybe they need to shake up the marketing team and have somebody who is the press guy tim can take you know what to be honest with you with a a company the size of apple shipping as many of these high-tech products as they do uh, you know on a regular basis and let's face it it's been it's been years since we've had a major snafu with iPhone or iPad availability. They need they they have that down, and they yeah. are selling a gazillion every single year. Yeah. I think actually having a logistics guy, a finance guy, a guy who's clearly very principled, very moral. Yeah. Um. And 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 we love know, that about him. Is passionate about things like consumer privacy and I think that I think it's perfectly all right to have that guy running Apple. Yeah. The problem but is he not should not cameras, be the Apple yeah. spokesman. Yeah. Yeah. And what they need to do is hire David Pogue. Let David Pogue go, be the one to go on these shows because he conveys a sense of excitement when he's talking about products. That's why the New York Times hired him away from originally from um, Macworld. That's why Yahoo gave him a bunch of money to get away from the New York Times to have his own thing. And, of course, it's Yahoo, so no one knows who David Pogue it's is Yahoo, anymore. So, he, so it's like he's vanished. Yeah, but yeah. they need a charismatic, on-camera personality. So I agree with you, David. I'm going to take that back. Do they need to let Tim Cook go? No. They need to get somebody else that's going. And it's not Phil Schiller. It is totally yeah. not Phil Schiller. And anybody I've seen on the stage from Apple, it's not that person. It'd be refreshing if it was a woman that would go on these shows and be very enthusiastic. That would be awesome. But now, I don't care who it is. I just want someone that's going yeah. to convey this is why you want the new iPhone. Now, here's something else as well. And I, I don't want this to sound like a criticism because I don't mean it as a criticism. But there was two things about the people they brought out in the keynote. First of all is they had this irritating habit of referring to them by their first name uh, and then not putting up on the screen who they actually were. So, you know. That's just because you're not in the know, David. If you were well, in the know, yeah, you Yeah, but you know what? But you, this, is, this is a media event for the whole world, and most people don't know the ins and outs of who does what at Apple. You know, I yeah, just did so that voice you, at Paris Hilton. Yeah, I know. Paris Hilton. <laughs> I know, is, that's yeah. got to be the new spokesman for Apple, yeah. Paris Hilton. It's a done. <laughs> it's over. That's who it is. Yeah. Oh my God! Um, have you seen the new iPhone? Oh my God! It's hot. It's so, it's so awesome. It's, it's so awesome and it's hot. And you want one? It's so on point. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so that that was one thing. And then the second thing is that 
everyone they brought out was a woman or of, of a different race or color. Right. So they're going the they, opposite direction. Look, we're yeah. inclusive. <laughs> exactly. Except for when they brought out the old guard, the, the sea level execs. Yes. And that, and that, you know, for a start, it kind of sticks out that, you know, so many of the old guard at Apple are they still the white old middle-aged guys who are still there. So that kind of undermines the overall diversity message. And second, yes, there is a risk that the casual observer could think, you know what, are these guys the best, most qualified spokesmen for this, or have they been selected because of their um, yeah, and sex, so, their so, gender or, or color? Right, so now you have the opposite problem. We all agree, and I don't, well, not everybody agrees, obviously, but I think you and I do, that we definitely need some cultural diversity, whether it's a person of color, whether it's a person of gender. I don't care. We want diversity in companies like Apple because they're going to bring a new perspective, and that's what's needed in these products. It really yeah. is. Um, but that being said, don't don't make it so obvious that that's what you're going for because now you look like a shell. And, and not only that as well, I think I think the reason I was uncomfortable with that was because many of these people who came out were younger, were a bit more dynamic, and you kind of start thinking, well, actually, if they weren't just being trotted out to say what they had to say for their area, but instead were more involved in shaping and actually um, helping decide how to deliver their message, the whole keynote would have been much better. Yeah. It was perfectly clear that all the decisions about the keynote itself were made at, at the Tim Cook, Phil Schiller type level, rather than at the level of Anne or um, John or whatever the other guys right. were. As I say, I can't remember their names because we weren't told what they were. Um, because they were, these, they, they, you showed that they weren't important. It, it, that's the point. It came across as like, well, here's a person you've never heard of who we're not even going to give their full name or their role to come out and talk about this part of the keynote. And it, and it just, yeah. It, it was their name Token? Big. Was that, here's John What's Token? That? Here's Annie Token? John Token, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, that was why they didn't launch the, um, the key finder thing, because that would be a token, a literal token. <laughs> yes, that's a token. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've talked about, the iPhones, we've talked about the iPad, we've talked about the services. How did you feel about the Apple Watch 5? Uh, it, it's a it's a it, it's a minor bump. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's who it, if your if your watch breaks, the next one's going to be better. That's it. There was no compelling reason that I saw anything that I read that oh, I got to go get one of those. So, so here's here's the the issue I had with it. I think if that I've I've seen that four weeks ago, and they'd have said, and now we've updated the uh, Apple Watch, and it's always on. Yeah, I would have gone, oh my god, that's amazing. That's the thing I really want. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, I just came back from San Francisco, where I was wearing that two year old Samsung uh, Tizen running Gear S two watch. That's always on. Yeah. And you know what? It's always on. <laughs> it does exactly what that Apple Watch does. Right. It basically, when it's when you're not looking at it, it shows a low fresh, um, a low refresh display with less detail on it to save power. And, and then when you lift it up to your wrist, it pops up into the full resolution view. It does exactly what Apple's does, and yet it doesn't appear to have that incredible display technology that they spent three or four minutes explaining on the keynote, saying this was the only way you could do an always-on watch. It didn't doesn't have that fondly, and yet, and it came out two years ago, and it came from Samsung, who normally just copy everybody else. So. And and the battery is better on the Samsung one. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so again, I, it's like they have blinders on; they can only see their own product. They don't understand the rest of the industry. Now, look, let's not be to be fair to Apple. There is only one smart watchmaker out there. Oh yeah, the don't rest of yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, the so, Apple Watch yeah is is a sleeper hit. I don't think I don't even think it's like. a sleeper anymore. And well, I think I think I think in terms of the tech press, I think it's a sleeper hit because I think everybody goes, yeah, well, the watch is cool, but you know that's not that's not the iPhone. Uh, I think the the watch is a is a sleeper hit because it it makes them very good money. It's a very good strong product for them. Um, and I don't think most of the industry gives it the credit it's due. I agree with that. And, and so, yes, improving the watch. Again, we had some price cuts here. They, they, the real issue with the Series 5 is that the, they've still got the Series 3 on sale. The Series 3 was so good 
that um, and it's now two hundred dollars. I think that they've they've got a cannibal. They might have a cannibalization problem. With I don't even I don't even remember what watch mine is. I don't. I, I've had it for a couple of years. Is it a two or a three? I don't know. If 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 it has reasonably good battery life, it's probably a three. Then maybe it's a three. I have no idea. And here's <laughs> the thing: I, I don't care. It works. Yeah. So when this watch breaks, I'm going to want another one. I'll know that it's going to be a better one. Oh, look, yeah. the display always stays on. That's cool. That's the extent of my excitement about it. It does That's more fine. health. I, I don't. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is it cheaper? Yeah. Is it faster and better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll buy it when See, I need one. Yeah. The other problem that I think Apple is facing at the moment is because Tim Cook likes to do these things where he keeps the old stuff around for a long time. Way too long. Yeah. Well, you know what? In one respect, that's good because that means that if you can buy you buy stuff today, you know it will be on sale for a long time, which means it'll be supported for a long time. So you won't get that argument we used to get, which is, oh, Apple's you know kind of deliberately cut this off to make you upgrade. Right. But the downside of that is that. Um, a lot of these improvements they talk about in these keynotes are actually software-related and have nothing to do with the hardware platform at all. Yeah. 90% of the things they talked about in the uh, iPhone 11 Pro are available on the iPhone 11 because it's got the same internals. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different is the screen and the, um, and the extra camera chip. So an awful lot of what it does, it can, it, the, uh, the, the pro, a lot of those pro features the regular machine can do. Same with the watches. A lot of the improvements we're going to get in the watches come from the OS, and they don't come from the hardware. Um, and uh, and even to the to some extent, the iPads is the same. Is that most of the things that are really going to kind of jack the iPad up are the software improvements. So the last thing that they announced, um, <clears throat> it, a lot of people didn't even cover this, was the Apple uh, Watch Arcade, which. Uh, oh wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I. I Again, they are bringing apps to the watch, and yet there is no discussion about what those might look like or how Apple is supporting the developer ecosystem. I've got a horrible feeling that's going to be a feature that dies on the vine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question. Because there's only one set of of watch apps that we really want, which is custom faces, and they're never going to give us that. It's the killer feature, and I don't understand why they won't do it. It's... Ego. Yeah, I, again, I, I think very much with that is ego. It's, it's that nobody can design faces for this device like we and, and Apple knows that that's not true, but they don't want to give anybody because it makes Apple look bad if there's a if there's one that's so wildly popular that's you know five dollars and everybody's buying it. And even though Apple's going to get seventy percent of that revenue, yeah, it's it's, mm. it's not the Apple one. Yeah. So we were going to do a wiki uh, a trolling this week, but of course we're at about an hour already, so we're going to skip that. We're going to hold on to that for next week. Uh, when you're buying your iPhone 11, then after all that, <laughs> yeah. So, so I will be getting one because I get my phone through work. I'm currently on an eight plus that's coming up to two years old, so I will be getting an iPhone 11 in January through through my work. Do you know which um, one? It'll be the the regular eleven because yep. we don't do the. So you're not you're you're just not a pro user then, is what you're saying? Well, apparently, even despite the fact that I'm a professional computing consultant, um, I don't rate a pro phone. We, we, the, the, the thing is, is that buying the eleven is the smart buy because it does ninety percent of what the bigger phones do for three hundred dollars less money. If you're not if you're not a professional, I understand, David. You don't have to feel sorry for yourself or defend it. I mean, I get it. You know. Uh, yeah. I know. Okay. All right. That's yeah. fine. I'm, I'm going to go away and <laughs> quietly weep in a corner over my lowly can, eight can plus. I, oh, oh, you're getting the uh, iPhone 11 adequate then. That's the one you're getting. <laughs> now, that, now that would be a naming thing. The iPhone 12 adequate, adequate. And, <laughs> and pro. <laughs> Oh, that would be hilarious. Now I'm Bondy Blue. <laughs> yes, we, we could have the satisfactory line and the one you want line. <laughs> 2020, by the way, is going to be the color for 2020 is Army Green. Army Green, yeah. Because yeah, Toyota's, they're coming out with all these new TRD Pros. For, no, Forest, yeah, Forest Green is, 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 it's is the, the color. new hotness. Yeah, they right. 
apparently the uh, the 11 Pro comes in a forest green. Yeah, it's the same as or <laughs> it's it, it's the, yeah, it, the army green, the forest green, they're all kind of the same. I saw their forest green and it's an army green. Um that's the color right now. That seems to be the hotness. Which makes Julie very happy because she loves green so much. He said sarcastically. Um, yeah, I, you know, my my um, remember my when first, it was red. My first wife had a thing saying that you couldn't ever buy a green car because it was desperately unlucky. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I have. I'd, I'd, I'd not come across that at all. So of course, when we got divorced, the first thing I did was I went out and bought a green car. That wasn't but, the one you were driving when you broke your back, though, right? No, it wasn't. In fact, I've not had a green car since. But having thinking about it, I did have quite a few accidents in the green car. You, know, you notice there's not a lot of yellow cars either. Uh, there are quite a few yellow cars here in the UK. It seems to be a, a color some people buy for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of, for a long time here in the U.S., was kind of a, yeah, kind of wussy, if you will. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's weak. Uh, not as much anymore, but... I know. I think. Plus, I think taxis were always yellow, so nobody wanted yeah. a yellow car. You don't want someone jumping in your car, going, "Okay, I'm going to such and such." Dude, get out yeah. of my car. <laughs> um, still better than the big mustaches that Lyft used to use, or they, maybe they still do. I don't know. I haven't used a Lyft. No, I don't think they do now. Oh, uh, that was terrible. Yeah. All right, David. We're going to wrap up. We'll be back next week. We'll uh, look forward to some feedback from you guys. It's the show Very at TechmanPodcast dot com. Let us know what you guys think of this Apple event. We really do want to know. And uh, we'll see you then. See you then.